Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I'm a little late this week, but I have some family stuff going on and we're just doing the best we can. Anyway, because Juliet Lowe's birthday is coming up this weekend, I wanted to do an episode about Juliet Lowe and a little bit about the founding of Girl Scouts today. In case you didn't know, Juliet Gordon Lowe is the founder of Girl Scouts, and she founded the organization in the U.S. back in 1912. So Juliet was born in Savannah, Georgia, back in 1860 on October 31st. And Girl Scouts nationwide celebrate her birthday as a Girl Scout holiday called Founders Day. And Girl Scouts traveled to Savannah because they can honor Juliet and the founding of Girl Scouts and visit what we call the birthplace, which was her home, and first headquarters to really get to experience some cool Girl Scout history. Um, And so I have talked about this in phraseology before, but just a little quick phraseology for you. You're going to hear the terminology birthplace or the birthplace and first headquarters to refer to like this um, place in Savannah, Georgia, which is which was Juliet's home and is a historical site now that you can go and visit. Anyway, let's put some perspective on the timeline of this, right? So I mentioned that Juliet was born in 1860. And that means she was born, honestly, not long after electricity and electric lights were first being developed. And this was before homes had air conditioning. In fact, it was decades before the modern air conditioner was even invented. Um, the first automobile, or more specifically, the first stationary gasoline engine, was not invented until Juliet was a teenager. And the landline telephone was invented when she was a teenager as well. She was born before Abraham Lincoln gave the Emancipation Proclamation, so slavery was still very prominent and legal, particularly where she was from in the heart of the South. She was born less than 30 years after the first women's college was founded in the U.S., and in fact, there were only a handful of women's colleges that could grant degrees equivalent to those men were receiving at the time. Um, The first ever female physician in the U.S. became a doctor just 11 years before Juliette Lowe was born, and the accessibility movement in the U.S. has common roots with similar timeline to the civil rights movement in the U.S., which means that Juliette was born 100 years before the American National Standard Institute started the first initiative toward an inclusive world when it comes to like technical standards for buildings and facilities to be usable by and accessible to disabled communities. And this is all significant because all of the major themes of Juliet's vision for Girl Scouts and what we see in today's version of the movement come back to some of the same subject matter here, which is opportunities for girls, community for girls, accessibility, and inclusion. And I want to be clear because some of you are already probably better versed in systemic racism as it pertains to Girl Scouts than others, but I'm not trying to say that Girl Scouts has been the perfect picture of DEI. Of course it wasn't. There have been some major accessibility and inclusion and equitability issues for girls throughout the organization's history, including today. But 
at the time of its founding, we can really have the historical perspective that, especially as a woman from the heart of the South in the U.S., Girl Scouts was always pretty progressive and ahead of the curve with things like this because of Juliet's influence. And to be clear, like Juliet never wanted to exclude girls of color specifically. She did worry that it would be problematic for recruitment and retention if girls of color were included. Um, But the third ever Girl Scout troop had black members and the first all African-American troop was formed in the early years of the organization. Now, I'm going to talk more about the actual like founding and history of the organization probably in like March for the Girl Scout birthday. Um, But I want to talk about it a little bit. And mainly, I want to focus on Juliet and her vision and her influence. I just think this all matters because, like, Girl Scouts and Campfire Girls were formed at basically the same time, and Campfire Girls was an exclusively white organization. But Juliet had this incredible vision of wanting Girl Scouts to be for all girls, and it was important to her from the get-go, despite all of the social and cultural influences regarding like racism and accessibility and inclusion. Now, most of us who have been involved with the organization for a while know a little bit about Juliet Lowe, and I am definitely not like a well-studied scholar when it comes to her life. So a lot of what I know and have to share are things that if you've been around the Girl Scout block, you probably already know. But I also totally know I get a lot of brand new leaders listening to this podcast, so we're going to cover total basics. And I have researched everything that I'm sharing here at least a little bit, but I also know there are some Girl Scout historians and archivists that listen to this show sometimes. So if you're listening and you want to correct or clarify anything I share here today or if you want to add anything please reach out and let me know so I can either talk about it on a future podcast or you can come on and join me for an episode and share more about what you know. Anyway, Juliet was prone to ear infections from the time she was little, and as a result of that, she was very hard of hearing in one ear for basically her whole life. And... (laughs) Side note, as a kid, I remember learning about this and feeling like a kinship to Juliet because I had ear infections a lot when I was little. So there's a fun fact for you. Anyway, eventually fast forwarding to her wedding, she actually ended up getting a piece of rice lodged in her other ear and the doctor who removed it actually ruptured her eardrum. So she ended up losing her hearing completely in that ear. So Though she grew up hard of hearing, she actually was mostly deaf as an adult. And this is significant because it really served as a lot of motivation for her to ensure that girls who might experience any kind of disability are included and welcome in Girl Scouts. And (laughs) she also infamously used her deafness to her advantage when it came to like recruiting adult volunteers or securing funding because she would selectively not hear people say no. (laughs) Um, But backing up to her early days, she was always known to be eccentric and really smart and witty. And she also always loved being physically active and caring for animals, especially exotic birds. 
Specifically when it comes to athletics, she was particularly known to have a love of standing on her head, and she would famously do that as an adult as well. She was born into an influential and wealthy family and was brought up with quite a lot of privilege and good education. She attended boarding school as a teenager and a French finishing school in New York City, and yet she was often seen doing headstands or with an exotic bird perched on her shoulder. So she was just a really interesting person from early childhood all the way through adulthood. As a kid, she was affectionately known as Daisy, which is also a nickname that followed her into adulthood, and that is the reason behind the name for the youngest grade level as we know it today for kindergarten and first graders. Of course, that level of Girl Scouts did not exist until the 1980s, and it was originally just one year, not two. In 1886, Juliet married William McKay Lowe, the brother of a friend from boarding school. And it was not a great marriage. They had a lot of issues. And to be frank, it sounds like he was kind of a toxic slime ball. Um, But he traveled and he drank a lot. So Juliet was able to spend a lot of time traveling independently and just living a pretty independent life. She divided her time among Scotland, England, and the USA. And they had homes both in England and in Georgia. And again, because we're talking about historical perspective a bit in this episode, the first successful airplane hadn't even been invented yet at this time. So when we say they traveled a lot and they spent a lot of time apart, we're not talking like weekend trips, okay? We're talking like months and years at a time. But anyway, back to their marriage. Juliet and William did not have any children and they spent most of their time apart And eventually, he left her for another woman. They actually were in the process of getting divorced, but it was never finalized and was left essentially pending when he died suddenly just a few years later. And he left almost his entire estate to his mistress, but Juliet successfully contested the will. Even though her friends and family did not think it was a good idea, she did it anyway. She contested the will. It was successful, and she was actually able to win back a large settlement, including his property in Georgia, which actually allowed her to continue living her life pretty much the way she wanted to. Um... After splitting with her husband, though they weren't officially legally divorced at the time of his death, Juliet confided in close friends and family that she felt like she failed at marriage and at motherhood. And I think this is really relatable to a lot of women even today, but you can imagine the social pressure even especially back then when it comes to marriage and having children. Um, But basically she was worried about living life as a quote-unquote idle woman of the world. So she traveled to faraway places like Egypt and India, and she started focusing on her art and building community with friends and family all around the world. And in fact, six years after her husband died um, in 1911, That is when she met the founder and the other leaders of the scouting movement, which primarily was Robert Baden-Powell and his sister Agnes 
while um, Juliet was traveling again through England. And Agnes had started a scouting group for girls in England called the Girl Guides. And when Juliet learned about this, basically she was super excited and enthusiastic. She immediately started helping and um, she founded a troop for underprivileged girls in Scotland and in rural Scotland and then two more troops in London before she returned um, her permanent residence back to the USA and started um, a group in Savannah in 1912. So Juliet poured everything she had into building the organization, which ultimately became the Girl Scouts of the USA. There were times she even went without electricity so that she could pour just all of her money into making Girl Scouts great. She broke all of the boundaries of the time when it came to inclusion, cultural, ethnic, diversity, class, religion, disabilities, and more. She had a vast network of friends and supporters and an innate talent for fundraising and public relations. So the organization grew rapidly. And again, let's reiterate, this was a girls' leadership program at a time when women did not have the right to vote, they did not hold political office, but Juliet Lowe sparked a movement that inspired girls to learn new skills, embrace adventure, and be their best selves. Okay, the first troop meeting in the U.S. was on March 12th, 1912, and there were 18 girls at that first troop meeting. And the way it was kind of structured in the beginning is that troops were split into smaller groups called patrols, and the different patrols were identified as different flower names. And patrols met on different days of the week. Girls learned a wide variety of skills, including things like reading maps, cooking, first aid, tying knots, and Juliet adopted the British Girl Guide system for earning badges as a demonstration of, like, skill proficiency. And as this continued and grew and evolved, whenever the question would come up about what to do next, Juliet was known for always saying, ask the girls. In fact, it was the girls themselves who decided that they wanted to be called scouts in America instead of guides like in England and now in many other parts of the world today. When funds were short, Juliet sold the most valuable thing she owned, which was a strand of pearls in order to fund the organization. And because of this, pearls are a consistent symbol in Girl Scouts, especially with volunteers and volunteer appreciation and recognition so you'll kind of hear pearls or see pearls or whatever a lot after world war one juliet visited england again and reconnected with the leadership of the scouting and guiding movements there in an effort to bridge a connection between the u.s organizations and the british ones and it was during this trip that she represented GSUSA on a new international council of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts and helped expand the movement to new countries all over the world, including in South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and China. And of course, this council ended up becoming WAGS, the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts. And that is the same, I guess, panel or organization or council, whatever, um, who started the World Centers and 
World Thinking Day, which was originally just called Thinking Day. Anyway, just a decade after founding Girl Scouts in the U.S., Juliet learned she had breast cancer. And she mostly hid her condition and her treatments and how she was feeling um, because she really didn't want people to feel sorry for her and also because she didn't want to slow down. So she just continued working tirelessly for the movement. She kept a really busy schedule and basically she did not let it slow her down at all um, when it came to growing and improving and developing the organization. She actually died in 1927 and was buried in her Girl Scout uniform in Savannah, Georgia. And the day after her death, hundreds of Girl Scouts attended a candlelight service in her honor. We can see so much of Juliet's legacy and influence in today's version of Girl Scouts in the U.S. And frankly, in the girl guiding and Girl Scouting movement all over the world. Her trailblazing eccentricity to defy odds and overcome obstacles and have big experiences are like a huge foundation and key pillars of today's program. And those personality traits and life events also help so many of us feel connected to her and to each other. So before I wrap up this episode, I want to share a few quotes from Juliet Lowe that I really love. The work of today is the history of tomorrow, and we are its makers. Right is right, even if no one else does it. Scouting rises within you and inspires you to put forth your best. Girl Scouts is where careers are born. For instance, a girl tries bandaging. She finds she likes Red Cross work and decides to study seriously and become a hospital nurse. Or she's expert in signaling and the Morse code leads her to becoming a telegraph operator. Honor. This means that a girl is not satisfied with keeping the letter of the law when she really breaks it in spirit. Loyal. This means that she's true to her country, to the city or village where she is a citizen, to her family, her church, her school, and to those for whom she may work or who may work for her. Helpful. The simplest way of saying this for the very young scout is to do a good turn to someone every day. That is, to be a giver and not a taker. This is the spirit that makes the older scout into a fine, useful, dependable woman. Badges mean nothing in themselves, but they mark a certain achievement, and they are the link between the rich and the poor. To put yourself in another's place requires real imagination, but by doing so, each Girl Scout will be able to live among others happily. Ours is a circle of friendship united by ideals. To be inspired is great, but to be an inspiration is an honor.
Girl Scouting is not just knowing, but doing. And not just doing, but being. Girl guiding and Girl Scouting can be the magic thread which links the girls of the world together. Okay, I hope this was interesting and inspiring. And of course, I hope this does just the smallest amount of honor to our organization's founder, Juliet Gordon-Lowe, in the spirit of her upcoming birthday on October 31st. <laughs>